And now, the Jiggly Room presents a very special treat. She is usually here on Saturdays, but this week she'll be getting married. To me. And here she is, the two, the only, Rocky Mountains. says alcohol and drug use has gone up and physical activity has gone down. It's estimated that over 40% of people in the U.S. have gained an average of 29 pounds. There's about a one in two chance of experiencing some type of side effects from the COVID vaccine. Uh, that can range from body aches, fever, chills, feeling run down. So is there a best way to tackle these symptoms? We take this question to one of our ABC 15 Health Insider. But is there a magic bullet out there? Something we can do or take ahead of time to make sure we lessen the potential side effects? Have you ever seen a submarine movie? <laughs> Oh my god. Operation Petticoat, Dust Boot, The Enemy Below, Run Silent, Run Deep, uh, Grey Lady Down. Oh, Yellow Submarine? Yellow Submarine, yes. Well, there's so many submarine movies. Good Friar Cook, do you know what the number one side effect of the COVID-19 vaccination is? I can tell you from personal experience that chills seems to be one of them. Is it chills? Fever. I don't know. So my wife, when she got the, the vaccine and then she got the second vaccine, she claimed it knocked her flat on her back for a day or so. It did for me. That my, Mine was Friday. I'm told that it feels like you have COVID-19, which makes sense because it's what they're trying to do, right? Yeah, I... I don't know. I just know that I woke up at two o'clock in the morning the next day and I had chills, but no fever, which was the weird thing. Huh. I don't know. Uh, I, I know that there's all kinds. And, and then I, I got the lecture about don't pre-medicate before the vaccine. Don't take any aspirin or yeah. Tylenol before the vaccine. Do you know why? They don't want you to thin your blood, maybe. I don't know. They don't know why. I asked the question, why not? because well we don't really know why we think that we don't know how it affects your immune system well they haven't studied that far on the vaccine which which okay what do you mean you don't know how tylenol and and ibuprofen affect the immune system or aspirin how can you not know that well, apparently we don't know with regards to the COVID-19 vaccination. Even that, though, Rod, yeah. is not the number one side effect. I can't believe you don't know this. What? The number one side effect of the COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, uh, I don't know. Day off? <laughs> well, see, that even that doesn't happen up here because people up here, when they get the vaccination, they schedule it so that you don't get the vaccination – or the second one, whatever one it is that's supposed to – it's the second one, right? That's supposed to – It's the second one that's right. worse, yeah. They make sure you get that – like where my wife works, they make sure you get yeah. that the day before you have a day off anyway. Yeah. So screw it's you. It's going to be arm pain, yeah, screw, maybe. Screw you. You, you. you have a day off tomorrow? Well, then let's give you the vaccination today. Yeah. So that you can't enjoy your day off. Yeah. <laughs> Not as big of an effect on me, obviously, because I don't really work. So 
anyway, so I'm not worried about that one. Now, the biggest side effect of this is, um, well, the number one side effect of the COVID-19 vaccination is not being able to shut up about having the COVID-19 vaccination. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. What is the deal with people telling everybody that I got the vaccination? I, I I don't know. I'll, I'll have you know, for the record, I didn't post anything on social media about having the vaccination. I know you didn't do that. I, I know you didn't. You, you I just whined about it with my friends. Right, right. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> just made sure I knew. It, but in typical male fashion. <laughs> no, it's like I, I have a I have a good friend that absolutely lost it the other day on social media about this. I mean, he lost it. I mean, he was he was. He was deep into the weeds of, will people just STFU about the vaccination? Yeah. (laughs) So, as you know, I have not gotten the vaccination. Yeah, that's true. So, I texted him and I actually sent him, I just texted him, hey, blank, blank name, right? I just, dot, 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 because I wanted to get his attention. So, he, uh. About 10 minutes later, he texts me back. He says, yeah. So just want you to know that I'm going to get the vaccination next week. I just I, I just felt like you'd <laughs> like to know that. <laughs> so. I'm sure that set him off again. Of course, the only reason I'm getting the vaccination, Rod, it's nothing I did. I didn't I didn't pick yeah. up the phone and go, hey, I want my wife. We're sitting in the line at Jimmy John's. Do you have Jimmy John's where you are? Sandwiches? Uh, we we. I think we have one in Modesto. So we like Jimmy John's and it was unusual. So we we decided yesterday we we're going to get Jimmy John's sandwiches. So we're out. We're sitting in the line at Jimmy John's. And she says, why haven't you gotten your vaccination yet? Because <laughs> uh, well, the VA hasn't called me back and said, hey, you're number 627 in line. You know, as far as I know, I'm still on hold. You know, those little hold things where you where you leave your number, we'll call you back in order. Oh, yeah, sure. When I left my number, I was literally 600 and something in line. Yeah. They have not called me back. So I'm assuming. How long has it been? Three or four weeks. <laughs> Whenever it was that they announced that all the veterans were now eligible. So so I'm assuming I'm still in line. Well, she says, well, that's just not good enough. Because here in Washington now, anybody can get the vaccine if yeah. you meet certain criteria, which I do not meet unless you – you know, kind of know, know somebody. Well, no. How tall are you, Dave? Well, I'm five, nine. You mean five, 10. Oh, <laughs> you know, you well, kind of with, with the right heels on. Sure. You kind of fudge on some of those numbers, you know, like, well, it's, it's just one of those things. Right. So yeah. anyway, after, uh, after sitting in the line at Jimmy John's, I, I'm now scheduled to have a vaccination. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. And see, no, our community opened up. Yeah. Well, knowing me, it probably won't anyway. Yeah. The, the community opened up for all the, the vaccinations for those. Originally, it was, you know, critical infrastructure or essential personnel. And so I went down, just got in line here in town and got it. And then you're guaranteed the second dose. We have that, too. I mean, Governor Inslee made a big deal about that. As of April, whatever, everybody's eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but... We're still going to ask you a bunch of stupid questions. Oh, yeah. And if you feel uncomfortable answering the questions, you'll feel like, well, maybe I'm not really eligible for this. 
Well, they were given some young guy in, in line the the what once over i mean they were like why why are you here you got your first shot already you're here for your second and and where do you work how come you how? <laughs> that was my question why are they asking all these questions aren't we giving this to everybody anyway for free i mean the uh, government paid yeah. for it right so so really the only question should be are you in fact breathing because yeah. we it's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to give it to people who aren't breathing although here in washington we have you know three hundred twenty seven thousand cases I hope you know that as of this morning, 327,000 cases, uh, as I understand it, of which about at least 5,000 of which are dead. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make any sense to give them the, the shot, but everybody else should be getting it, right? Yeah. Why not? And of course then- uh, Well, except for the immunocompromised, because they, they still don't know what's going to happen if you take that when you're immunocompromised. Right. Because you're medicating beforehand. You're taking yeah, medication for your, for, your, for your immunocompromised. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to figure out what I should do once I get my second vaccination. Should I make a big deal about it? Should I should I post it all over social media that Dave finally got vaccinated or the obligate the obligatory selfie I'm getting my shot photo, Dave, because you oh, are a radio personality. Yeah, you don't so. understand me and needles, man. You you no. See, there's no way I could take a selfie well, of the needle going into my arm. You you don't have to. You could stage it. You could have the nurse. After she either gives it to you or right before, leave the leave the little cap on, but have it look like she's holding it there on your on your arm, and no one would know. Right. So, who are you again that we're holding up this whole line to take a a stage <laughs> selfie? That <laughs> don't you it's, know? It's, I'm a yeah. what, what did somebody refer to me? Regional celebrity. That's how I was they, once they, referred they, to. <laughs> a regional celebrity. <laughs> they have well, they have like a bank of of people giving shots. So it's not like you're holding up any line. The last time I went through this in the boot camp, boy, they would have, they would have screamed at you for, for slowing down the line. This is, this is where they're standing on two sides of you with those guns, those air guns. And you got to go through like 15 people shooting you with the air gun. You get, I don't know. I, I don't even remember. It was so traumatic, but, but, but no, I, you don't understand me and needles, man. It's uh, it's so weird. I mean, I I, I have to take I insulin. I donate platelets right? all the time, so needles don't bother me. Oh so. my god, I take insulin every day, right? Yeah. Insulin every day, and then I have another medication that I have to inject. Do you know I have to take my glasses off when I go to do the injection? Uh, myself, really? my my own injection. I'm doing this to myself. I have to take my glasses off. Why so I hear you can't you cry? see the needle? So I can't see it. It's literally a foot away, but my vision is so bad that I can't see it. So I'm okay with that. And then uh, I'm not even going to describe the rest of you. Anyway, the main side effect of the the vaccine is people not being able to shut up about getting the vaccine. Yeah. It's not the weight gain. 40% of Americans have gained 29 pounds. I'm at like 25, dude. Really? Yeah. I don't feel so bad anymore. See, because I, I, I have maintained – now, again, I'm still 70 pounds overweight, but yeah. but I have maintained my weight through the entire year with no problem. I haven't even tried. Yeah. I, I'm not used to working this close to the refrigerator. I, that's my problem is that, oh, you know, I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to go get a snack. Well, that's one way to do it, I guess. I, yeah. how, about, how about your mental health? Because that's the other thing is there people's mental health is now being affected by this. I don't know. My drinking hasn't increased significantly, so I 
<laughs> well, see, that's the other one is people are abusing alcohol yeah. and drugs and, and their mental health thing is going down. And this is what they were talking about in the news this morning is, isn't it great now that we have the vaccine that nobody can shut up about because now we can get back to normal, air yeah. quote, air quote. And still wear your masks and still socially distance. Well, okay, there's that aspect of it, but what the hell is this normal that they're talking about? What was normal before coronavirus when it came to mental? Weren't we having a mental health crisis and an opioid drug abuse crisis? Something like that. And a heroin Weren't we having all these crises before coronavirus? And that is now We were normal? having a vaping crisis. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's gone. Vapors. Don't even get me started on that nonsense. <laughs> Dave gets in trouble. Every time you bring up tobacco products, Dave gets in trouble. <laughs> Why? Because Dave hates smoking and makes no bones about it. If I yeah. were emperor for the day, that's the one thing I would do. I was banned smoking because let's face it, smokers are, they're slobs and vapors are just pretentious slobs. So anyway, back to normal here. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm fascinated by this idea that we're going to get back to normal, but nobody knows what normal is anymore. Yeah. We're not getting back to normal because there's <clears> too many good crises that the, the government needs to maintain. That's one way to look at it. But it's not going to stop us from talking about it, is it? Because we're all nope. eventually going to have the vaccine and we're going to all eventually post these idiot pictures and these social media posts and that'll drive my friend Steve even nuttier, which is great because... Yeah, I like that. Why are people doing that? It's good to troll your friends. <laughs> you might as well. Hey, it's What the Frock. I'm Dave. That's Rod. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's What the Frock. I'm Rabbi Dave. And I'm Friar Cook. And it is, uh, it's now a week after our Easter show, our great uh, Easter show that we did. Yeah. Which, by the way, didn't insult nearly as many people as I thought it would. Or at least they didn't react the way they did. That I uh, thought they maybe, would. Maybe they didn't really pay attention. I, I thought know. people would be screaming at me, but as it turned out. We didn't get any hate mail? Not any hate mail, no. Okay. Got a couple of nice texts about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And of course, this was fall. See, I had, we had no idea this was going to happen because uh, Egypt didn't tell anybody. We yeah. talked about the parade of mummies. Yeah. And nobody knew that they were going to announce the following day about the, the, the golden city in Luxor. Yeah, that was amazing. So the next day, they're announcing this city that I've been talking about, Amenhotep III yeah. and his son, Akhenaten. Akhenaten, Akhenaten, Akhenaten. Don't say it three times or Beetlejuice will show up. Um, we had no idea that that was coming. No. We are so in tune. But here it was in the news. We were there. Right. Here it was in the news, this this golden city that was built uh, by Amenhotep III and then abandoned by his son Akhenaten and then reestablished by his son Tutankhamun. And uh, fascinating stuff. But, of course, none of it was applicable to anything because we didn't talk about it on the show because nobody knew do you know no. they discovered that a year ago? Um, I think I saw that in the article. Yeah. A year ago. And they've just sat on it. No, we're not even going to bring it up. Let's just wait till we move the mummies. Well, <laughs> now I'm wondering if moving the mummies was kind of the public 
relations move uh-huh. to do this, right? Because uh-huh. they were all New Kingdom things and the city is from the New Kingdom and nobody cares but <laughs> but me and maybe Rod and maybe a few people. But, but again, I mean, we did this whole thing about resurrection on Easter Sunday and how – you know, the resurrection myths throughout humanity and nobody cared, right? Yeah. Does that depress you that nobody cares? Because it does uh, me. Honestly, I, you know, what I've learned from Twitter is to not care about anybody that, you know, what they say on there. See, I've been in radio long enough that that there are two effects to every show. Every, every time we post a show, I have two things going through my head. People are going to love this and they're going to tell me how much they love it or they're going to hate it and they're going to tell me how much they hate it. Which and is the third part is they only half listened and they don't care. <laughs> right. But you never consider that. You never go, well, no. maybe. So like this week, this past week, now I had a really bad week this week. I got sick uh, with something. I don't know what the hell it was. But anyway, I lost like two days. So I had this show all done for my show that I was going to do Constitution Thursday about Clarence Thomas's agreement uh-huh. with the dismissal the, the the so the supreme court dismissed a first amendment case called night communications versus trump it was this whole idea that trump had banned people on twitter yeah. now you may have noticed that trump is not president hasn't been president effectively since last november but functionally for the last what 4 months now 3 months he, he's yeah. not the president so the supreme court hears a case called night communications versus trump because trump is banning people on twitter and they're mad about it well, they dismissed the case as, quote, moot. Yeah. Well, he's not in, he's not in power anymore, so. Right. So Clarence Thomas, because this is what he does, he, he writes a concurrence. He agrees that the case is moot. But his concurrence is all about how Section 230 needs to be looked at in the Supreme Court. And this has conservatives around the country just going bananas, posting oh, yeah. on social media about how great this is and how wonderful this is, and without ever seeming to realize that, it's just a concurrence to a decision that. Yeah, there was no moved. decision. Right. So I did a whole show about this, Rod. I sat here for 30 minutes recording this show. Mm-hmm. And then I, I texted Bill, our good friend Bill, and <laughs> he said, I just did this show. And I bored myself. I mean, it was that bored. It was that bad. Really? <laughs> and I thought. You know, normally when I post a show, either people love it and they tell me or they hate it and they tell I, I can't even listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's too funny. <laughs> it is funny in a way, but at the same time, it's like, well, but, but, you know, we live on that dopamine of people telling us how great we are. Yeah, and then, I guess and so. And then we you actually love the combativeness of people telling us we suck. Oh, yeah. Because then we can argue. Mike Rowe is a genius at this, man. Mike Rowe gets he, so much brilliant. hate mail, but he, I think he just absolutely enjoys responding to the hate mail. Oh, yeah. So Bill Mick and I, you know, I, I'm on Bill's show every Monday morning uh-huh. at five o'clock in the morning Pacific time, eight o'clock Eastern time. If you happen to be up listening to WMB on the iHeartMedia app, uh, radio yep. app, just saying it's also on the podcast later. So you don't really have to get up that early. But, um, so we got an email from somebody that told us that we were boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the only thing going through my head is, screw you, man. I'm getting up at four in the morning to do this. Yeah. <laughs> boring. Boring. I'm not going to listen to you. Boring. 
Most people just turn it off, right? If it's boring, you're not going to listen. Why would you bother writing right, an email? That's my point. That's if, if it's that bad, just don't yeah. – but no, Rod, we live in a – we live in a world where the side effect of is something you must listen to my opinion, right? Something dis is something dis meets my disapproval. I can't just go. Well, I don't care. Yeah. I have to tell everybody about it. I have to post on social media saying I have been angered, offended, bored by this. I can't let it go. I can't just. Because I have this platform now where I have to tell everybody everything, including what I had for breakfast, which, by the way, was a donut and my son's leftover sausage McMuffin. Okay. I should have posted a picture of it, but I didn't. The breakfast of champions, no less. Little chocolate donuts, man. Yeah. Right? That's what... <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Kids that ad? those things. Do you remember that ad from – remember when Saturday Night Live was actually funny and they did fake ads? Uh, yeah. So I back did. in '76, yeah. when Bruce Jenner won the uh, yeah decathlon or whatever it was, later he would win Woman of the Year, proving that men are better at being women than anybody. Um, there you go. So he won the decathlon. So I did a did a faux ad because he used to show for Wheaties. Yeah. So John Belushi does an ad for Little Chocolate Donuts, <laughs> smoking and like, and then goes out and wins the decathlon and it's the Breakfast oh, of funny. Champions, Little Chocolate Donuts. I don't know why I remember that. God, that was 40 some odd years that. ago. Anyway, it's I was on, a little younger than you were. I'm sure it's on the, I'm sure it's on the YouTubes. Probably. Anyway. Anyway, I'm depressed because nobody cared. No, we, we worked hard to be almost offensive last week and nobody cared. Huh. I don't know how to take that. I don't know if it's a side effect of the whole section 230 argument that everybody's so uptight about, or if it's uh, okay. a side effect of just nobody... I, I know people are listening because I look at the stats, but, yeah. I, but I don't know. So I thought, well, we better throw some shrimp in the gumbo and start making things a little more exciting. Okay. Are you with me? I'm, I'm so far, yeah. When we come back, we're going to offend everybody. It's What the Frock. Oh. I'm Dave. And I'm Rod. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Friar Rod, good good Reverend Friar. Yes. What are all your titles again? The Right Reverend. Right Reverend. Friar. Friar. Just straight up Reverend. Straight up Reverend. Laird of Oakdale. Laird of Oakdale. That's a lot of titles, man. It is. I'm just Rabbi Dave. Doctor. Uh, you, doctor of theology. Doctor, yeah, that's yeah, right. Doctor Rabbi. Doctor Rabbi Colonel Dave. Yeah, see. Because I am a Kentucky. Somebody asked me this week how to become a Kentucky Colonel. And I said, well, you have to have another Kentucky colonel nominate you. Oh, well, aren't you a Kentucky colonel? Oh, do you do you want a nomination for to be a Kentucky colonel? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it turns out in order to nominate someone as a yeah. Kentucky colonel, and I am a Kentucky colonel, but in order to nominate someone, you actually have to be in good standing with the, the nonprofit, which means you have to give them money. 
Uh-huh. So if you're wanting me to nominate you to be a Kentucky Colonel, I'm not in good standing because I'm not sending money to the state. <laughs> Sorry, just <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway. So in the middle of all this, of course, we tried very hard to offend people last week and it didn't work. So we're going to try again this week, which is, okay. let's get into this whole women in, in ministry thing. Okay, sure. Women in ministry, favor, disfavor. Yeah. Where are you at on this, Rod, as so, a good reverend? Uh, having been raised, uh, well, I was raised Methodist, and, and but that doesn't, you know, don't let that fool you because I got into more evangelical Christianity, kind of more fundamental in a way. Why? And so, why? Yeah, why? Uh, part of it was because, um, it, it was probably some of the, the styles of worship were a little bit freer. Some of the music was more contemporary, I think in that way. Um, the, the Methodist church seemed kind of dry to me. So I, as Dave chuckles in his seat, um, and so, you know, going through those, and you have to remember people that, that my dad was the music director for our church. And so my experience is sitting in church every Sunday while my dad was part of the service. So I sat there doodling on the bulletin every Sunday. Right. Which I also did because my father was actually the pastor yeah. of a Wesleyan Methodist church. We didn't, wasn't Methodist, but. Well, it was the oh, Salvation Army. Day. Right. It was the Salvation Army, yeah. which not only which not only has all the joys of the Methodist church and, and all of that, but we have, you, you'll love this, Rob, we have really bad music. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I, I mean, yeah. Salvation Army is famous for its music, but it's famous because it's so bad. Okay. Right. Now, follow me here. Yes, they have the New York staff band and the Hollywood tab band which are basically professional orchestras. Yeah. But most of the churches, the cores, C-O-R-P-S, what you got is a bunch of uh, second and third year cornet players, you know, hacking out the song, kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's bad. And then just for fun, we take it out on the streets where it's really bad. It, nothing says, you know, driving people yeah. away from church is a bad, oh, God, bad band no. or bad music. Uh, one of the most famous pictures of me, Rod, is the Ogden Standard Examiner in 1979, I guess, doing exactly that on the streets in Ogden. Because my dad was convinced, you know, we got to go out and preach the gospel. Okay, let's do that. And we'll stand there and play really bad music and four-part <laughs> harmony and ish. Sometimes five, maybe Sometimes six. five. Sometimes three, sometimes two, depends on, see, I, I grew up, my dad also a musician, but, but I grew up playing brass instruments and, and, um, the problem with brass instruments, the problem with playing trombone and Uh most brass is the trombone parts with the exception of Hogan's Heroes March are Mm -hmm. just crap. Yeah. They're boring. They're. Not until you get into jazz. Do you have fun with that? Oh, and I see, and I hate jazz music. So that Uh wasn't happening, but. I, for me, the, one of the greatest days of my life was I was in marching band at, at high school, Ogden high school. And we, the, one of the ways she, the band teacher, Mrs. Ms. Sorry, Ms. Patterson would, would test people is she'd have small groups. So you got like what? Nine sections in a marching band. I don't know. Uh-huh. So she'd take one person from each section, put them up front and make them play the piece to see if they actually had memorized it or not. You following me here? Yeah, I am. So. 
she realized one day that I was just making it up. That I wasn't playing. What was, I, was just, I was just making up my own thing. And she said, are you just making that up? I said, yeah, it's a lot better than what's written down, right? She's like, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the point of all this being that, that I too experienced yeah. much of that within the salvation. Number. My dad was the pastor. So I would sit in the audience and doodle as well. But the Salvation Army is also known for having women ordained as pastors. Yeah. And to the point where one of the earliest leaders of the Salvation Army was in fact a woman. Okay. And this, of course, creates some interesting dynamics when it comes to yeah. getting along with other churches because it, the, the funny thing about churches, we all say we believe the same thing. We all, you all say you believe the same thing, but with little variations. Of right. <laughs> but when it comes to those little variations, Rod, there's some, yeah. uh, you've pretty much eliminated it? any of the fundamentalist Christian uh, evangelical churches that don't believe in, in female pastors. <laughs> right. And, 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 to some degree, Catholicism, and then you yeah. get into the whole – and see, I'm not even into the whole Protestant Catholicism thing. I mean, because that argument's – that ship sailed a long time ago. But um, <laughs> my wife comes to me the other day with some TikTok. Can you watch this for a minute? No. Uh, but it's some <laughs> gal who's railing about how all you people are Christians, but you're not Catholics. So you're going to hell. <laughs> okay. Because not only – the Catholic Church doesn't even believe that. <laughs> I'm like, well, what about the rest of us that aren't neither of you? So yeah. anyway, point being that um, once you get into that, once, once you start getting into those fundamental differences like that, well, do you ordain a woman or not? Boy, you really start uh, just really start opening up the, the can of worms of argument. Yeah. That's when people really start getting passionate about things. How can a woman be – and – I got to be honest with you, Rod, my experience with women pastors has not been always, it's mm, the word I'm looking for here. I, I, I don't want to say positive because it wasn't negative experiences, but bright and sunny. <sighs> there were days when I questioned why I mean, it really <laughs> were overcast days. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not trying to be rude or anything. I'm just saying there were days where I would say, you know, men can do any, women can do anything men can do, right? I mean, that's what we're told over yeah. and over again. That's what the president of the United States said the other day. Yeah. Women, Actually, women can do it better. Can do anything and better than men can do, including women winning woman of the year because Bruce Jenner did that, right? Yeah. So why then wouldn't it make sense to ordain women as pastors. Now I'll give you this. My biggest flaw as a pastor, biggest flaw, one of my <laughs> biggest flaws as a pastor was that I have no empathy, none. Not, yeah, not that, that sympathy, would be a problem. Not sympathy, but I have no empathy. Empathy. Right. You don't feel for the people. Oh, I feel for you, but I'm not going to sit here for an hour and listen to your sad story. No. Because why are you here? Well, my husband beats me. Call the police. Well, I don't want to do that because I love him. Well, what do you want well, me to why do? Why are you here? Why? why, why <laughs> really? I got other things I could be doing for an hour than listening to this. 
Which, which was Did you of, want me to beat you up too? Just like, because you're. <laughs> do you want me to go beat him up? What can you give me something here to do that will actually, I don't know, solve the problem? See, this is what I learned post being a pastor, Rob. People do not want their problems solved. Oh, okay. I'd agree with some of that. Yeah. They do not want their, I would, I would bet you most pastors would agree that people don't want you to solve their problems. They just want you to listen to them. And while I understand the importance of that, because I've been told that people just wanted you to listen, Dave, just listen, just listen. I, that's not me. That's what our wives say. (laughs) It's not me. Sorry. I, I, I actually had a boss tell me that one time that, the problem, the, the problem you have, Dave, is these, these people come to these employees, come to you with their problem. Yeah. And before they finish their sentence, you've already figured out what the problem is, analyzed it, and solved it. And before you let them finish, you regurgitate back to them what they need to do. He said, just, just sit there for five minutes and listen to them. Yeah. It'll make them this feel better. This is relationship better. building 101. Right. It'll make them feel better. <laughs> and my response to that was, I don't care what, I, why do I, I care, care if they, they feel, feel better or not? I don't care. <laughs> Do you want the problem solved or not? Which, of course, makes for no surprise to anybody here. That makes for bad pastoring. That's – people give you bad ratings when you're pastoring and you're like that. So, yeah. so hence Rate I am my not, pastor.com. Right. So, <laughs> so I am no longer a pastor. So if you're sending me your thing about, Dave, why don't you care about people? It doesn't matter. I'm not a pastor. I don't have to care anymore. But you are a rabbi. Ish. Right. That just means teacher. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean I have to care about anything. (laughs) And I don't. Well, I mean, I do. There are things I care about, but not very many. Um, Anyway, the whole, the whole point of all this was I, I, sometimes I would wonder about some of these women who were being ordained. (laughs) I would think to myself, jeez. And it was all born out of that frustration of the fact of, I don't have time to sit around and listen to people's problems. I don't want to listen. I don't want to sit around and listen to people's problems, but there are some people, Rod, who do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's that they really want to listen to people's problems or if they really care, or maybe they just enjoy listening to other people's problems. Well, that could be, but there does seem to be this mentality that says I have to talk to everybody, in the, especially now I have to tell everybody in the world about everything which would cause me to go, I don't really want to talk to a pastor about a problem because I don't know if it's going to end up as a sample, an example in a sermon. Yeah. Or yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. We're worse on social media. Yeah. I know many of you are struggling right now with, you know, a certain type of, <laughs> certain type of problem, specific type. That's oddly specific, rabbi. <laughs> you guys are having problems with strippers, huh? Right. Aren't you? Right. <laughs> And not necessarily going to strippers, but anyway, all this came to my attention this week. And oddly enough, this, this conversation actually started over strippers. Yeah, it did. Which is the weird part of all this thing, because there's a woman pastor in Colorado Springs. Uh-huh. Which I don't know if you've ever been to or not, but Colorado Springs used to be this sleepy little college town for the Air Force Academy. Mm-hmm. And now it's Berkeley Central. Very, very liberal, very, very, um, not that there's anything wrong with that. No. People, liberal people got to live somewhere too. I went there for a church conference once. Why? Well, because there was the, there was a large, a large, uh, evangelical church that had conferences there that. Right. 
there are a lot of conference centers there. There used to be, it used to be a very yeah. popular gathering place for for conferences and the likes of that because it's, it's close a beautiful to, area. It's close to Denver, relatively. Yeah, I mean you can fly into Denver and drive to Colorado Springs and the likes of that. And uh, anyway, so there's a stri- there's a preacher. I almost said stripper, but there's a preacher in Colorado. <laughs> she's uh, she's a woman, at least as far as we know. I mean, she clearly yeah. identifies as a woman. I, I'm, I don't want to assume her gender, but she refers to herself as she. Anyway, uh, she's also a stripper. Was she a stripper? Was she really a stripper? Well, now, see, Rod, therein lies the problem, doesn't it? Because yeah. she dances stripper pole. She teaches okay. stripper pole. pole she dancing. says, is that what you call it? Pole dancing? That's what she called that, it, right? I think it's called pole dancing. Pole yeah. dancing. She does pole dancing. She teaches pole dancing. She practices pole dancing. She... Loves to pole dance. So I just sort of make the assumption then that, well, she's a stripper because <laughs> pole dancing is what strippers do, right? And well, yeah, in a way. I think that's how it started, right? Well, I don't know how it started. I, yeah, I, I don't mean, think. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to have to look into that. Well, no, I read the article. The, the woman that she sold the studio to did, quote, research on where pole dancing came from. Didn't really go into details, but apparently it's been going on for thousands of years. Probably okay. millions of years, but, you know, these people are Christians, so they only believe the world is 6,000 years old. So, <laughs> anyway, she is a pole dancer. Yes. And her church, at which she was apparently ordained, objected to this. They didn't like that. What it, how did she put it? She put it some. She put it in a really weird. They, there was a lot of negative reaction to the fact that I was pole dancing. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. thought went through your head, but my head again. I'm not an empathetic person, so <laughs> no yeah. shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's kind of stands to reason that if if something that has been identified with stripping and um, Potentially, you know, prostitution, right? I mean, because there's there's some link to that. What? What? I'm just saying that there's the preconceived idea about that whole being, you know, being somewhat tied together. Well, now, why would uh, that be, Rod? What? Why would people believe that stripping and prostitution and pole dancing all kind of go together? Why would they believe that? Because you can go to any kind of those strip clubs and see some of that stuff going on, right? Prostitution. I can't. I can't speak for that. Because uh, I was going to say, as, I don't know. You've never been to a strip club? <laughs> I've never been to a strip club. Dude. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm in uh, Reno. I am a strip club virgin. <laughs> so I'm in Reno, and I think it was like 1998, early 99. Yeah. I know it was the 98, 98 season, football season, because we went, anyway, we were watching Big Street. So I went there with uh, a relative of mine who shall remain nameless, but he's my cousin who everybody thinks is my brother. And he too was a strip club virgin. Now we're like 40 years old. Okay. Across the street from the hotel is a strip club with pole dancers, by the way. Yeah. And, and he says, I've never been to one of those. Now I'm a sailor. Okay. So being the empathetic guy that you are, (laughs) I said, what do you think you're going to see there? I mean, <laughs> why do you want to go there? He's like, well, I've never been. We should go. Okay. 
So we went in, we sat down, we ordered our drinks, and this woman, I guess, comes over and just starts gyrating in front of him. And he looks at me, he looks at her, he looks at me, he looks at her, he picks up his drink, he slams it down and says, let's go. <laughs> and I said, what did you think you were going to get here? See, everybody has this fantasy in their heads about what it's going to be, and believe me, as a former sailor, I can assure you it's not. It's, it's, you're, you're not going to. If you think you're going to find that there, no, you're not. It's 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 just not worth it. So it was with great surprise that I read about this 62-year-old pastor woman yeah. who's pole dancing and her, her reasoning is, well, it keeps me in shape. Well, that's a legitimate argument, I guess, because it takes a lot of, you know, strength and balance and stuff to right, pole dance. running and bicycling and standard forms of exercise, they don't do that. Well. <laughs> dancing, Rod. Personal, personal dancing. choices. They, they don't do that, right? Belly dancing, that'd right. be awesome. They don't do those things. Only pole dancing does. So, <laughs> anyway, she, uh, she gets upset with her church that is not accepting of this, and so she... Which she quit the church or something and found a more accepting church. Yeah. Which she claims to be on the staff of, but I, I because I'm bored and I have no life, I, I yeah. actually went to their the new church's website and she's not listed on the staff, so I don't I don't know. Of course, because she's a pole dancer. <laughs> well, no, but they're very accepting of this. This church is accepting. Which is he accommodating. Accommodating, I guess is what what do they they have a word for it that defines these churches. They they don't want to say we're the gay church. So they have this word that accommodating or accepting or something along accepting, those lines. Something like that. Right. We accept everybody or we accommodate everything or Yeah. No, it's gonna drive me nuts because I don't know what that word is. Anyway, she found this new church where where she's accepted and her her um her activities now are are um an open affirming, that's the word, affirming, affirming church, affirming church, which again goes back to what I was saying earlier about affirming. What does affirming mean? It means making you feel better, making you we feel affirm. better. Yeah. You're fine. I know your husband's beating you, but, but Jesus loves you. <laughs> right. So this yeah. church is affirming her behavior as a, as a pole dancer. And this makes her feel good. Which brings me to the, is this where religion is headed question? By the way, she's not gay. And she makes a point of pointing that out. It's called the gay not that church. there's anything wrong with that. Not there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. But, 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 but I'm not gay. I just love this church because they affirm me. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what a, what a great new way to take tithes though, right? Swing on the pole, have people come up, put their money in the clothing. <laughs> Yeah, but again, isn't there an expectation that's, I mean, okay, if I'm putting money in a woman's panties, is there not some You're just affirming implied... her, Dave. You're just affirming her. No, see, I, I really believe there's an implied contract here, an implied <laughs> something here. I don't I don't know what it is because wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but, but I really think there is. See, I, okay, the worst one I ever went to, we, uh, we lost a shipmate in a, in a really yeah. bad accident. Does, but we went to the funeral in Lakehurst, New Jersey. A bunch of us went from the base. And the night before the actual funeral, there was a strip club across the street from the base that we were staying at, which happened to be the same base where the Hindenburg crashed, <laughs> Lakehurst. Oh, cool. Anyway, 
yeah, cool. That's <laughs> how people die. Bullet well, work. I mean, cool. it's cool, but, but it was kind of cool. to history, but, right? But it was kind of cool. I've stood with him and crashed. Anyway, point being that, so, so we go to the strip club the night before the funeral because, you know, we got to get out and, and I yeah. felt so bad for these girls. I mean, they were working so hard and we just did not care because <laughs> we were so morose we're and depressed. We're there for, you know, we're there to drown ourselves. <laughs> oh circle. my gosh. And, and they were, and we were the only ones there. And so you're getting all the tension, but oh, not God. giving they any back. They were working so hard. And, and I finally, I pulled the manager aside because back then I wasn't a real heavy drinker. I pulled him and he was like, you guys are going to have to leave. These girls are gonna. I said, look, you, you need to understand what's going on. So we ended up pooling together and we left him like a $500 tip when we were done, but at, without ever having stuck any. Yeah. Anyway, point of all this being that there's a certain level of expectation here when, when that kind of happens. But this, this concept of the affirming of something bothers yeah. me because what, what does that mean? Well, this affirms me. Well, my therapist affirmed what I was thinking. Yeah. So your therapist listened it's to what you were a, saying yeah. and then said, sure, you're right. And I thought, not only can I not be a pastor, I can't be a therapist either because I. <laughs> well, it's crazy scary out there and to think that then that's where we're heading, affirming everyone. Right. There's no questions allowed. It doesn't yeah. matter how my thought processes work. It doesn't matter what I've come up with. I'm Bruce Jenner. I'm the decathlete champion, but I'm a woman. And we can't question that. Yeah. We can't. We're not allowed to say, Bruce. You can pretend to be whatever you want to be, but in, in, in fact, they have a name for what you're what you've been doing is you're dead naming him, right? I mean, that's what they're they're actually creating right. labels now. Yeah, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> remember that from him? What I'm the bad guy here? You can't even say that anymore because you are. Yeah, because you're not affirming whatever foolish thing I've come up with. The idea of a woman pastor pole dancing is. <laughs> And I'm not even a Christian anymore, Rod. And mm -hmm. it's, I can see the question, I can see the legitimate questions that would be raised by that. I can see where many Christians would be, what's that word? Oh yeah, offended by that and yeah. would question that. But by God, they're not affirming her, flaunting herself. So they're the ones in the wrong. So they're the problem. Is this where we're headed? Is, is this where we're headed as a society? Not just faith, not just religion, but is this where we're really headed? It seems that way. It really does because everyone has, you know, hey, I identify as this today, right? Or pronouns or all this other stuff. It's about affirmation. You have to, you have to use my pronouns, right? Right. You have to affirm what I believe me to be. Or you're the problem. Whereas, so, yeah, and if you don't, you are the problem. Right. If you don't call me by my given pronoun or, or the name I've decided for myself, I will ignore you. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. And see, the problem is I, I come from a world where I ain't got no empathy. So if you're going to ignore me, all right, I got better things to do with my time <laughs> yeah. anyway. No sweat up your nose. Yeah. What, <laughs> what do I care? <laughs> my husband beats me. Leave him. It's the 20th century. Leave back then. It was the 20th century. Leave him. <clears throat> Can't do that. I love him. Well, then maybe you need to find somebody that will affirm your decision. Yeah. 
Oh, you're so, you're so brave to stay with this person who's beating you. And if statistically anything is holding here, I mean, let's just say there's like a 90% chance that at some point he's going to murder you. (laughs) But, but you love him, but I affirm your decision to stay with him. And then I don't have to feel guilty about when she does get murdered. I don't have to feel guilty about it going, gee, I stole, I told her to stay with him. (laughs) Yeah. Until I start getting sued because, well, why did you tell her to stay with him? Because that's what she wanted to hear. I don't understand it. I don't understand a pole dancing uh, preacher at all. Not saying I wouldn't go see it. I'm just saying. I don't know that I'd go see, see her for her sermon or her message. Right. What would that message be? How do you work pole dancing into a sermon? I have no idea. I haven't, honestly. Well, David danced before the Lord, right? And there were poles there because they were using poles to carry the ark. So David was a pole dancer. See? It all makes sense now. They had dancers on the poles. Right. (laughs) It all makes sense. See? It's all in how you read it, It's in the Bible, people. Trust me. It's all in how you read it. It's What the Frock. I'm Dave. That's Rod. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today, Rod, a very special day. I don't know if you knew that or not. I did not. Today is the 123rd birthday of the United States Navy Submarine Force. Oh, very cool. It is, isn't it? I I would not have known that off the top of my head, no. See, that's the problem is not enough people know that. I know when the birthday of the Navy is. You know how I know that? Well, besides... Being in the Navy so at being in the, See, I was in basic training when it happened. The first time I was. So, okay. I, so I'm in basic training. I've been in basic training for like three days. And I, I always believe that green eggs and ham. Can I still say that? Or has yeah, that been can. canceled? Sorry. You can say that. You're in good company. You can say it. So I always believe that green eggs and ham was just a book by some guy who's a racist. <laughs> no, I really believe that. I, I, I truly believe that he was racist. No, I I truly believe that Green Eggs and Ham was just a book. Yeah. Right? I, I, I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. I do not like it. I will not eat it, Sam. I am. Anyway, I went to basic training and discovered that Green Eggs and Ham is, uh, I have a suspicion that Theodore Geisel at some point in his life went to boot camp. I know he didn't, but he might have been hanging around there. So the food was. Um, green Eggs and Ham. Green Eggs and Ham. Uh, what we call Grinder Bird, which is technically chicken. But when you live in a place where there are suspiciously large numbers of seagulls, so many that you yeah. really can't count them, and then you go to lunch and it's greasy, small birds, you, you just kind of wonder sometimes. <laughs> we called it grinder bird. Um, sliders and likes of that. I, the food was not uh, – I'm not going to tell you it was bad in basic training. And, and certainly the rest of my Navy career, most of the food was fantastic, but, but, but in basic training, it was pretty, mm, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the quality I had been used to from my mother at home. How's that? Yeah. There you go. 
Okay. So we get up one day. It's like the fourth or fifth day I've been there. And we, we march to the chow hall, march in and it's steak and potatoes and it smells great. And the tables are all set. And like, what the heck is going on here? Right? Yeah. Some admirals come to visit. So that's my first clue. Oh, the admiral's here. So we better not serve grinder bird or green eggs. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it turned out the reason he was there is because it was the birthday of the Navy and he was there to help us celebrate as the newest cool. Navy's newest recruits. Here, have some steak. Sure, yeah. lunch today we get steak, but what's for dinner tonight? <laughs> some it's kind grinder of, bird. Yeah, some kind of mystery meat or grinder bird or whatever. Anyway, today- Because the, the officers were having the leftover steak, right? I guess. I don't know. I, I didn't even know if we had officers when I was in basic training because they, they had chiefs that wore red ropes around their thing to simulate uh -huh. being an officer. So you'd salute them, call them, sir. Which <laughs> later on in my career came to be uh, rather ridiculous. But at the time it was, you know, it was kind of important. Anyway, so all of that to say that today, today, April 11th, is the 123rd anniversary of the day that the Navy bought John Holland's submarine boat and got into the submarine business. The Navy did for the first time. And of course, this is a proud day for me and my compatriots because we uh, were obnoxiously proud of what we do, did. Yeah. And, and, and by obnoxiously proud, I mean, we don't care about your affirmation. We don't care if you like it or not. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're the best and we know it. And we don't care if that hurts your feelings or not. Too bad, Air Force. <laughs> to bad Air Force. Anyway. Stick that in your burden, smoke skimmer it. Skimmer Navy. <laughs> skimmer pukes. Anyway, the point being all this, that, uh, of course, yes, and, and it's always kind of a somber day for us because yesterday was the anniversary of the loss of the Thresher, which for most of my Navy career, we believed was a, a, uh, a, a mechanical accident, that something broke and it flooded. Mm -hmm. And... We've come to learn in the last five, 10 years was not true. I mean, not only, not only was that not true, but the Navy, while it didn't actually lie to us about it, they just, they just said, oh, that's what you believe? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to argue with that. Kind of like whether or not you can be a stripper preacher or not. I mean, yeah. you believe you can be? Mm, okay. Um, sort of thing. And come to find out that's not what happened at all. You know, we've always been told that it was, it was so quick that they never knew what happened and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And of course, none of that stuff was true uh, as it turns out. And it always gives me nightmares. So it's just, uh, it's just that time of year where I, I don't sleep well. And then we celebrate submarine day, April 11th, and then everything goes back to normal for me. So congratulations to the United States Navy submarine fleet, 123 years old today. Here, here. Ta-da. Makes me feel good. Stay with us. It's What the Frock. We'll be right back. Well, another show on the can, Rod. Do you think people will uh, care about this one? Well, we'll see. If they if they did care, where would they write us? Would they affirm us? And they would write us at dnr at thedavebowmanshow.com because we've never bothered to change the email address. Or they could comment on our Facebook page. Do yeah. not Do not resist. What the Frock. Yeah, what or the they frock. could do it on the website, whatthefrock.org. Yeah. Or they could text us or they could uh, complain they to could us. They could tweet us. We're, tweet we, us. we don't have a site, but they can they can find us. Right. You're on there as uh, Goliard something, right? The Goliard Friar. And I'm on there as Colonel Rabbi Dave. 
anyway, you can you can do all those things. So, will we be affirmed or not? And more importantly, Rod, assuming that people will either affirm us or hate us, do we care? Uh, uh, See, one I of us know. should, and it's not going to be me. Uh, yeah. No, I, you know, I hope they care. I hope they care. Okay. Well, I'm going to continue with, with I don't care. Because so, <laughs> really, why would I care whether you care or not? I mean, I guess you could make the argument that if you're going to bother to sit down in front of a microphone and tell us all these things, but again, we're not really doing this for, for you. We're kind of doing it for us, aren't we? True, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Is that a legitimate excuse? See, it's just like pole dancing as a pastor. I mean, I'm just doing it for me. It doesn't matter. I don't... Yeah. But I need your affirmation. We do need your affirmation. Actually, what we need you to do is rate and like the show on, on iTunes. Yeah. yeah, we need those five. Good or bad, rate the show. No. I mean, <laughs> d- d- <laughs> Dave says no. <laughs> do the good ratings and put those on there. Why am I out of focus? Ratings. Wow. All of a sudden, my camera went way out of focus. I was like, is that me or the camera? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we could use the uh, ratings. We could... Because see... As long as nobody's doing that, we're never going to get rich. Is that why we're doing this? Sure, why rich? not? That's what you believe. Okay. I'm Rabbi Dave. And I'm Friar Cook. And this has been... What the frock? <laughs>